Hi, my name is Matt Miserville, and welcome to Beyond the Boston Marathon Bombing, Episode 2. The Tassano brothers committed one of the most gruesome and awful crimes in New England history. When they bombed the Boston Marathon, the whole world was in shock at what just happened. It was the worst terrorist attack since 9-11. Three died from these explosions, but 264 civilians were severely injured. The bombs ripped off people's body parts and civilians were left without some limbs. Many got their legs or arms blown off. The Tassarnov brothers were wildly out of their mind, and the older brother, Tamerlan, was highly into the radical Islamic beliefs and religious culture. Both of the brothers had trouble in the past, but Tamerlan had the worst. Tamerlan's younger brother, Dezokar, was just a weed seller on the campus of UMass Dartmouth. Before the bombing, Tamerlan was involved in many domestic cases with his wife. He was arrested in 2009 for domestic abuse and battery after assaulting his then-girlfriend. In 2011, three of Tamerlan's friends were gruesomely murdered, and he was never even a suspect in the case. But guess what? He was the one that killed them. The cops, one of the cops even said, it looked like an Al-Qaeda training video in there. This comes to show how radical Tamerlan was, and how invested he was in the radical Islamic beliefs. He was so into these beliefs that it messed his head up and brought these dangerous thoughts and ideas into his head. After he got into these beliefs, it was over. Nothing was stopping what they were going to do. Tamerlan was just trying to be a normal guy in Massachusetts and focus on boxing, but then he took the trip back to his homeland in Russia, and that's where he got involved in these radical beliefs. This is where he started this reign of terror. He went from wearing designer clothes to wearing Muslim robes everywhere. Tamerlan's brother was also into these beliefs, but not as open about it. Tamerlan was vividly on radical websites and posting videos, commenting on other radical Islamic beliefs. It was, he really expressed himself. The FBI found out that Dezokar had a secret Twitter where he praised an American Islamic militant. Both brothers were very much into radical beliefs, and this ultimately led to the bombing. One of Dezokar's tweets even said, They will spend their money, and they will regret it, and then they will be defeated. This was directed towards the Boston Marathon bombers, the Boston Marathon runners, and it foreshadows what's to come. These brothers, if not captured, were planning to do much more damage than just the Boston bombing. They built these explosives, and on April 15, 2013, they fulfilled their duties as radical Islamists and committed this horrendous crime. They ended families, people li- people's lives. They made it so that some people were unable to walk afterwards because they just lost their legs. Tamerlan became this angry and radical all because he couldn't get citizenship. Can you believe that? He was willing to kill for it. But that's just that's just how he was trained in radical Islam. This was the most brutal 
an awful terrorist attack since 9-11. More on the Boston bombing next episode. Thank you for listening. The most traumatizing terrorist attack since 9-11. Most of the victims were from throughout Mass and New England in general. They were training for months to run in this prestigious marathon. Their families and friends came from all over to watch just for this to happen. Some of the spectators were killed or injured from this tragic event. Some victims were killed and some were severely injured, body parts blown off and left people with no limbs. Steve Wolfenden and his three-year-old son Leo were there to watch their wife do the marathon. The first blast had hit and then they were running away, but they unfortunately ran right into the second blast. Steve ended up losing his leg from the blast. Leo was conscious, but bleeding from the side of his head. Strangers from the marathon were helping everyone. Nobody knew anybody, but these strangers kept helping strangers. That was the beauty of it all. Steve said to these people, please get my son to safety. He had focused on getting his son the quick care and get him to safety, but the strangers wouldn't let him go. Someone said to Steve, you're going to effing make it, you're going to effing make it. Boston Strong, the motto of it all. These innocent families had been torn apart due to this tragic event. Innocent children like Leo were hurt. Nobody had even known what had just gone down. Everything happened in an instant. There was a boom, and then chaos broke out. I actually remember the day that it had happened. I was 10 years old at the time, and I was hanging out with my dad watching TV. All of a sudden, he took the remote and turned it to the news station to see what had just occurred in Boston. I had no idea what had happened since I was so young. Some years later, I found out that my sister was at the Red Sox game and so were my aunt and uncle. Crazy to think. It was a worldwide terror. Everyone was tuning on television to see what had just happened on Boylston Street. Victims were being sent to hospitals and medical tents all over. Hospitals were getting overpacked due to how many victims were involved. The police had no idea who the suspects were for a little bit. There was a five-day search period for the bombers. They had released photos of the suspects, but no such luck. Cops from surrounding towns wanted a manhunt to find the killers. They wanted to find them for the pride of Boston. An MIT officer named Sean Collier was on patrol that night just like every other cop looking for the killers. Unfortunately, he was shot and killed on patrol. Nobody knew at the time but these were the Marathon Bombers. Dunmeng, a name you should probably know. That night, April 18th, that the murder took place, it was just a, another night for Dunmeng. He was going on a drive to look at the Charles River, but all of that went terribly wrong. A gunman carjacked his car. The gunman was just 
talking to him, making conversation. He was asking him, do you have money? And he said, he said to him, I'm Muslim. Muslims hate Americans, but Muslims are friendly with Chinese. What was good about this situation, Dunmang was able to get out of the car and call the police. He had told the police that the men who had his car did the marathon explosion. The police ended up being able to find out the bombers were Tamerlan and Zokar Tazarnev. They were brothers and they were Muslims and moved to Massachusetts from Russia with their family. They started off as being just normal immigrants trying to make it in Massachusetts. But a trip changed everything later on. Tamerlan actually started off as a... He was a pretty successful boxer in Massachusetts. And Zakhar was just a drug seller that went to UMass Dartmouth. Then they turned to radical Islamic beliefs and everything went dark. This was episode one of the Boston Bombing Podcast. Tune in for the next one. Thanks. Welcome to the third and final episode of the Boston Bombing Marathon Podcast. They were able to find out the suspects were the Tazarnov brothers, but the hard part was being able to find and bring them in. They chased them down to a street in Watertown and ended up in a gunfight with them. The older one, Tamerlan, was shot in the crossfire and Tazarnov ran him over trying to escape the crime scene. Tamerlan was later declared dead in the hospital. Tazarnov was found in the backyard of the house in a boat, bleeding out. They were able to get him to a hospital, and he is currently alive. During questioning, he had said that he was just following his brother's rules and his brother's lead. They learned how to build the device from the online website of Al-Qaeda. He also said that their plan afterwards was to travel to New York City and bomb Times Square. We're lucky that was never able to happen due to the fact that Tamerlan died at the scene and Tazakir was severely hurt as well. On April 8th, 2015, Tazakir was convicted of 30 charges and was charged with death penalty. But in July of 2020, the sentence was vacated and is to be reheard by a new trial. Some evidence found near the blast sites included bits of metal, nails, ball bearings, black nylon pieces from a backpack, remains of an electronic circuit board and wiring. A pressure cooker lid was also found nearby, and both of the bombs were pressure cooker bombs made personally by the brothers. Tamerlan had actually purchased some of the fireworks from a store in New Hampshire. On April 19th, the FBI had gotten some of their computer equipment from their sister in New Jersey. Investigators believed 
that the device that the bomb devices were triggered by remote controls from toy cars. A big piece of evidence in finding these brothers was the picture. Video and audio forensics played the big role in the investigation. Three forensics facilities were working on the surveillance footage. With these forensic tactics, they were able to find out who the suspects were. After the bombing occurred, the Tizarno brothers were acting weird and different from others around the crime scene. They just walked away casually from the bombings, knowing they just murdered people. That was a big reason that they were able to find out who the suspects were due to video and audio forensics. Without those forensics, it would have been very difficult to find them. This was the aftermath of one of the most tragic events in New England history and the worst terrorist attack since 9-11. Thank you for listening to my podcast, Matt Miserville, signing off.